2: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch.
0: Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Hello, and welcome back. <clears throat> that was shit. <laughs> Here we are. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. Lee, what did we see this week?
3: We went and saw Men in Black International this week.
2: Yes, yay! Uh, Starring Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, uh, with Liam Neeson and Emma Thompson rounding out the star cast.
3: Yes. A bit of background about the movie. Tessa Thompson plays a new agent who's been searching for men in black since her parents were neuralized when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth plays H, a celebrated agent who has lost his way and is now unreliable and untrustworthy. Yep. So people will be expecting to see the chemistry, I think, of Valkyrie and Thor from Avengers. I think the two worked really well together. What did you think?
2: Yeah, no, I did. I think they've really, they've got really good chemistry on the mm-hmm. screen. That much was clear. Look, I had a few issues with this movie, but I'm mm-hmm. going to start positive. Positive. I'm going to say that I love the aesthetic of the Men in Black franchise. Mm-hmm. I think the set design, the music, that iconic theme song, mm-hmm. the the character design, the makeup, all that sort of stuff is really, really quite striking. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really, really cool. The effects. But I I think the thing that let this movie down was its script.
3: Yes, I would agree with you there. Yeah,
2: unfortunately, because you could see the actors trying really hard. The dialogue was just so stale and and there were some funny moments in there. Mm -hmm. But then the next beat, the joke kept on going on. Yeah. And it was kind of like, oh, why isn't the director... Mm. calling cut, why Why is this still going on? It just kind of was being really forced.
3: It hit you in the head a little bit. Yeah,
2: and I don't know if it's a combination of bad writing or bad direction, and I'm not sure if this director has had any experience in directing comedy.
3: I think the director did really well with the pieces that he had, and there's definitely an ease in the back and forth Banter between Tessa and Chris
2: Hemsworth. Yeah, the, he's got great comic timing, right?
3: Yeah, but Tom Thompson's doing the and Tessa is doing the heavy lifting, though, sure, definitely, and they just don't have the script to make it work. I think the script it was the issue.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because what you have to understand is, sure, this is like a soft reboot. It's a yes. sequel reboot, or whatever mm. sort of amalgamation you want to call it. Mm. So they have to understand that there's going to be new people coming to this world, mm. but then you've got to service those that have. Watched, you know, Men in Black from 1997.
3: It's definitely piggybacked on the previous movies, so you can see the similarities, like the similar character arcs, like the rookie learning from the hero agent. But they just don't add a lot of value, I think.
2: No, in this film. Yeah, I agree. You could pick the bad guy right from the beginning. This will be a a spoiler-free review, by the way. Mm. But it's kind of a little bit obvious. It's um, fairly predictable, but, but never properly explained either.
3: No, that was an issue I had as well. I get it. The, the plot wasn't clear <laughs> towards the end. It was it was fairly predictable. The climax sort of became a bit anticlimactic because of that. There wasn't. Mm. It's almost like it didn't really matter anymore by that point. No, the journey is the fun of it in this movie. Yeah, and they just needed to wrap it all up, and they wrapped it up quite clumsily. I think.
2: Well, you know that the, the scene that we open with mm. and how it kind of ends before you see what happened. Yeah. So I think they never can, revisited that, though. No. So what, what What? was the point?
3: I think we can say, without spoiling anything to explain to the listeners, that it jumps back and forth between a few time periods in the beginning, Yeah. just to set the story, obviously, but it, it doesn't set it up very well, I don't think. No,
2: not at all. I, I wanted them to take us back to that first scene where they cut it off because mm. that would have... Revealed what ultimately you find out later, mm. and the events that that played out in the, in Paris. But uh, yeah, they never went back there. So when they tried to explain the whole situation at the end and who these people were and yada yada, mm-hmm. I was like, "What?" I still don't. I was hoping you'd be able to tell me <laughs> what happened. <No. laughs> okay, great. Okay, let's take it off. <laughs> okay,
3: line. the special effects were pretty cool,
2: though. Oh, amazing! Great
3: looking. Some of the aliens felt to me a bit Jim Henson's puppet show though, which I don't think was in keeping with the rest of the franchise. It wasn't Mm. as impressive or as detailed as previous outings, I think. There was was definitely untapped potential with the main twin villains.
2: Yeah, they were weird. I mean, when they they started dancing in the club, I was like, why are they dancing in the club? I didn't get that.
3: I think they were going for the awkwardness of that character, Ed the Bug, from the first Men in Black. They were going for that little bit of awkwardness that it's an alien trying to act like a human.
2: Yeah. In a human
3: situation. It,
2: but it, it's, it seemed strange because they were there on a mission to do whatever they were there to do. Mm. But then Tessa Thompson's character kind of could see that something was up, but th- they were just dancing. So I was like, what is she seeing that I'm not seeing? <laughs> yeah. uh, like, it was just all... I feel like the exposition in this movie constantly was clunky and confusing. Right. Okay. And it was just never properly communicated mm. to us what the characters were thinking.
3: It wasn't coming across.
2: It wasn't coming across at all. And I'm saying the, the choices that were being made hmm. were were odd. Okay. That's just my take.
3: Yeah. No, I agree with you to a point. Um, another plus, well, I thought, it was that the humor was in keeping with the franchise. Yeah, like it fit. The humor was quite good.
2: It did, but they didn't land as many as they should have. Right. They landed jokes. Mm-hmm. I, I would be the first one to say I laughed out loud. A few times. Yeah. Because it was funny. Yeah. One or twice, I was the only one who was laughing in the <laughs> cinema, so I don't know if it was meant to be a joke or not. Uh, but then others, I'm sitting there going, oh, I'm like cringing, like, oh, move on. This, yeah. The, the joke has, ha- has been had. Yeah move on like okay. it was just that's why i'm in the pace, the pace the writing was just a bit off
3: yeah speaking of the humor kumal nanjani
2: yeah i, I, I pronounce
3: that right uh voices a new alien sidekick and i thought you know he's tiny but he's outstanding he was the star for me
2: yeah i quite liked his character yeah i, think, like, I really he got a kick some, out of him yeah he had some pretty he had some pearls mm-hmm. in there I did find him annoying from time to time though. Oh,
3: did you know? Yeah, I, loved so I loved him. I loved him. We'll disagree on that point
2: because okay, I thought he was great. I mean, not Jar Jar Binks annoying. We're not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like he was freestyling a little bit, which was cool, which is, mm. I guess, maybe his style, and it yeah. worked. I do like. I do like him. As an actor as well. I think he's really cool.
3: He played really well with Tessa Thompson. She's an absolute delight in this movie. I think she's the strongest thing about this movie. Um, Her character's excitement, Molly's excitement at becoming a woman in black after searching Mm. for them her whole life and finally getting her shot at the big time was just joyful to watch. I just really loved it.
2: Okay, so this movie was just shy of two hours. Mm. I don't know how it ended up being that long. Considering that the pace was all a bit off, mm. but I wanted to see more of of Tessa Thompson's character mm. and her obsession with space and that sort of encounter that she had with the alien at the beginning. Yeah, they did a
3: very brief setup,
2: really brief setup. And I was like, I wanted to see more of that because mm. that brings me back brings me back to the point that I made earlier, which is you have to introduce this world to a to a new audience as much as you need to introduce it, uh, like welcome back. Mm. the established audience like mm. us yeah um and I feel like you know she was one week into her training at, at MIB and it's outstanding 98% percent, and then next minute she's a man in black mm. and so I wanted to see more of that take us back to kind of Will Smith you know the first movie where he's going through his training and all that sort of stuff mm. she I would I would have liked to have seen more of that could kind of cool setup maybe interaction with the men in black space mm. and the headquarters, and and bring more Emma Thompson in there. She was oh, hardly she was underutilized. In the film. Yeah, she was complete, underutilized,
3: like, and I think she really even Liam Neeson was underutilized, which is a real shame because without spoiling anything, he's a pretty major character. Although Emma Thompson just does shine in everything she does, so the little bit that she had, she was outstanding.
2: I like to talk about Agent C, which if you read into. His name, agency, and his behaviour, especially at the beginning of the movie, is quite funny. Yeah. I'll let that one marinate. He annoyed me. Oh,
1: really? Because
2: he was so black and white. He's there to antagonise. He's going above and beyond. He's kind of mm-hmm. like sucking up to the boss. But then his character did sort of like... I warmed to him towards the end. Yeah, I
3: think he became likeable towards
2: the end. Much more likeable, which made... Why was he behaving... Why was he written as that at the beginning? Because it was just a a put-off... It was putting me off.
3: Yeah, he did become likeable towards the end, which made me feel like the ending for his character was a little bit of a disservice. Yeah. We won't give anything away, but Mm. where he was left didn't seem to fit. No. Did you think that? No,
2: I felt the same too.
3: Yeah.
2: But I mean, that just...
3: It's really hard to talk anymore about that without giving anything away, but...
2: No, just, see the movie, guys. See, see the movie. You know what we're talking about. Uh, look, I had a lot of fun in this movie. I yeah. did, but it was just sitting there, just picking it apart, which is kind of what we've highlighted today.
3: We haven't. We haven't really talked about Chris Hemsworth. Oh, Chris
2: Hemsworth. Oh, yes. He is
3: the star of the movie.
2: He is. He is. Oh, I
3: feel like he was sleepwalking through this. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. it feels like he's phoning it in. A he was bit.
2: cashing in a check.
3: He's somewhat. Type, shame. He's somewhat typecast in these kind of roles. Mm. As the good-looking hapless cruiser, yeah, and his accent was distracting, which I thought it was going to be. It was distracting. It's like a watered-down Thor,
2: right? Mm. Yeah, which is he seems to be struggling to get away from. Chris Hemsworth can carry a scene. We know he's, he's mm. the star in a lot of the Avengers movies mm. and 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 the Thor movies. He has the goods,
3: but he's picking movies lately that are not are wasting his talents.
2: Yeah, I, think, I think, in these so. in these one-dimensional, But they're big blockbuster men. movies. It yeah. keeps going from one blockbuster to the next, mm. one franchise to the next, mm. some not really taking off. Mm. Ghostbusters being one of them, potentially Men in Black International, will see how that performs at the box office, mm. whether they will churn out another one or two. But it seems like he should just stick to Thor for now. <laughs>
3: So what, how many popcorn kernels would you give this one?
2: I'll give this one a two and a half.
3: Two and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's a fun, lighthearted movie that shouldn't be taken too seriously. True.
2: That's a very good point. So
3: go enjoy the special effects and the humor. I gave it three popcorn kernels. Mm-hmm. It's because it's inoffensive and that can be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. But I found it very inoffensive. I thought it was enjoyable for what it was. Don't read too much into it. Just have a good time.
2: I think it's a good family viewing. Take the kids. Yeah. They'll, they'll love it. They'll love the aliens. They'll love the action, you mm-hmm. know, space, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like it does tick all those boxes. I agree. So, Definitely.
3: Yeah. Right. right. Let's move on to news.
2: I love it. Um, Bond but, 25. Oh, here What's
3: we go. Another,
2: another podcast, another Bond 25 uh, issue. 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 Mm-hmm. So it turns out that now, since all those plagued production <laughs> issues that we have rattled on for the last few weeks, Remy Malik. Daniel Craig, their schedules now don't align. No, no. <laughs> so, and and I mean, Rami is for those that don't know the villain, villain mm-hmm. in Bond twenty five. So clearly, there are going to be some pretty pivotal scenes between. They Bond. need to be
3: together. They need
2: to be together. Yeah. I don't think they're going to get away with that green screen <laughs> uh, back and forth. You know, phoning it in,
3: putting a styrofoam ball on a stick and going, "This is Rami <laughs> looking, Daniel a bit high,
2: a bit higher." A bit higher. <laughs> um, so that's now. Now, we, we keep saying this after each delay in this mm. plagued production.
3: Yeah, that they haven't changed the release date. They still haven't, but they're going to they, ne- need to. I think. They absolutely have.
2: Right now, what they're doing, they're trying to find a gap in the schedule for 2020. They're mm. looking for it desperately mm. because it is a crowded release schedule these days. Mm-hmm. We've had Disney and Marvel and Pixar lock-in dates for the next... 50 million years mm-hmm. right up until avatar 17 or whatever <laughs> so like it, it is a common thing for studios to lock it in mm. own that re- real estate and especially
3: for a franchise like swat
2: everyone times. away mm. so yeah this is a pretty big deal i'm going to call it now it will not be released on its original release date it'll have to get pushed back all or, or they're not going to turn around the product that we all know love
3: well, there's been script rewrites as well. I don't know if we've talked about oh. this, but there have been script... There's been many script rewrites, and now, I don't know if, how recent it was, they brought in Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Oh,
2: so they're rewriting the script now? They've
3: rewritten the rewrites. Oh, that's... And a source from the set has actually said that dialogue is often like coming in last minute. So the scenes are written, but the dialogue is coming in last minute.
2: And Bond is a lot about its dialogue. I think so. Because a villain is... You, you hear, like, those... Mm. lines that the villains take where they're explaining their situation why they're doing <laughs> what they're doing yeah like there's, there's that's important
3: it's just as important as the action i think
2: yeah absolutely interesting so we'll... like, that doesn't put that doesn't concern me because a lot of movies they're rewriting they're writing the script as they go along mm. and then <laughs> probably shouldn't probably shouldn't no i don't think anyone's like oh we'll be fine we'll write it next week but yeah. it is a very common practice in filmmaking
3: well we'll see if the date is changed we'll
2: Hit up quince.com upgrade
0: for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on
2: linkedin.com slash people today. See if you're right. Yeah.
3: Uh, so King Richard has a rough release date and director. And King Richard, for those who don't know, is um, a movie about the father of Serena and Venus Williams and how he coach them to be the great successes that they are or help them become the great successes that they are. Will Smith is starring in this mm-hmm. as the father. And it's got a November twenty twenty release at this stage and it's gonna be directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green, who's a relatively green director.
2: Do we know if the Williams sisters or their father are involved in this?
3: I'm not sure, but I'd say with Will Smith on board they would that would be very important.
2: Oh for sure. I mm-hmm. think so. Especially because they're all Alive, you <laughs> yeah. kind of wonder how this works. If
3: he was smart, he would get them involved. Yeah. And I think he is.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, And I'm really
3: excited about a return to these kind of movies for Will Smith because I think he also does these really well. Things like, you know, the pursuit of happiness, and the kind of dramas with a yeah. bit of heart and this being based on a true story. I think people are really going to like to see it.
2: He's chasing that, act- that actor. He's chasing... The Oscar. He's chasing that Oscar, mm-hmm. which I think he's got it in him. He's turned some great performances over the last twenty yeah. years. So plot details have now been revealed that *A Quiet Place* two will cover the origin of the monsters and introduce new survivors. This makes me feel good because yeah. I didn't want to see a sequel.
3: No, I didn't want to see a sequel because either. that
2: that story ended on a high. It was such a mm. well realized thriller. So it's good that we're going back to maybe get a bit more context on what happened.
3: I'm not an an, I'm there. not 100% confident on this sequel because I think what worked so well about A Quiet Place was that it was such a self-contained story.
2: So you think this is going to be have wider reach or it's going to be a, another self-contained story?
3: It's going to have wider reach I think, but mm. I don't I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. I think the the success and what worked so well about A Quiet Place was that it was just its own little story yeah. and it was so original and it was it was really well done.
2: Yeah, good point because I guess now this could potentially mean that that such important themes from the first movie like isolation Mm. won't be felt in this no
3: because it's going to be about other survivors it's going to be about them finding other survivors because new actors have been introduced and
2: Mm.
3: yeah but isn't Emily
2: Blunt coming back yes so how is she going to get worked in because we've already seen her and her family's origin into the the I think it's going to be
3: about when them finding other survivors and what happens next while also learning about how these monsters came to be How this Armageddon came to happen. So,
2: okay. So it could be a sequel, mm. but they uncover more with other people about who the monsters are and how they came to be. Yes. Maybe. Yes. That's a bit vague. It is a bit it vague. It could be all of the above.
3: Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting. How about know? we
2: just wait and find out? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so we've got the, the daughters for Bill and Ted face the music have been announced. Woo-hoo. They're children. Uh, Aussie Samara Weaving is going to be playing Taya, who mm-hmm. is Bill's daughter, mm-hmm. got to get this right because it's <sighs> a bit confusing, and Bridget Lundy-Payne is playing Billy, who is Ted's daughter, right. and so they've named their daughters after each other, Yeah. Taya and Billy after Ted and Bill.
2: Are <laughs> <I'll be> we surprised. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, this this is going to be cool. This
3: is the kind of movie this is, so we yeah, can't, really, sure. can't be judging that too harshly.
2: I have to confess that I've not seen the Bill and Ted films.
3: Oh, you're quite young, Tim, so that's all right.
2: Oh, gee, that's a nice thing anyone's <laughs> ever said to me. I don't think that works for my age it's anymore. From, it's
3: from my era, think. So. Okay.
2: <laughs> uh, more movie news. A few more things to rattle on. Sigourney Weaver has now been confirmed in reprising her role in Ghostbusters 3. I'm really
3: excited about this. Yeah,
2: so this is cool. So this is kind of, you would say, the final piece in the puzzle. Um, casting mm. puzzle. Yeah, so all it's pretty back. exciting. Yeah. It's good.
3: It's great. Uh, Kevin Hart is working on a remake of Scrooge which previously starred bill murray
2: yes so a remake no one asked for (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh not particularly a successful film when bill murray released Mm -hmm. it. maybe a bit of a cult cult
3: now but that's
2: almost more dangerous territory in my opinion Mm. is trying to mess with a cult classic classic. Mm. uh look i can't stand kevin like tom cruise
3: is doing with top gun
2: Well, but he was in that. That's his movie, yeah, yeah, I guess. Sure. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I forgot about that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Look, I don't want to see this movie at all. So, <laughs> so you I can did. see it and talk about it. <laughs> um, Dark Phoenix opened with the lowest opening weekend in North America in okay. the X-Men franchise.
3: Yeah, this wasn't a surprise. No actually. surprise, but
2: it, it's lower than I thought. $33 million,
3: Yeah. It which is a bit of a
2: worry for a 200 million dollar plus
3: mm.
2: blockbuster clearly people weren't keen or interested I think the good, I, think, I think the
3: goodwill has run out with this franchise they need to take yeah. a break from it they need yeah. to take a break and refresh and reassess because it's just yeah. fans are really cranky about this
2: yeah they've got time to do that yeah. now it is a shame because um, I've now since seen it and it was disappointing as a big fan of that X-Men franchise mm. that was the film that we got in the mm. end can I just say though it looked amazing yep yeah. The makeup, the effects, the yeah. cinematography, it was like the best looking X-Men movie that has been made. Even the
3: performances were pretty good as well.
2: Yeah. But it's like, it was just...
3: A wasted opportunity.
2: Yeah, completely. And they had a really good opportunity to fucking go out with a bang in some way, knowing that the story would end mm. and they've got nothing else to to push out. But yeah, it was kind of like a, well...
3: It was a handing it over to Disney... In a mess kind of thing.
2: Yeah, so Disney you have go. a bigger job in hitting reset on this because yep. of the movie. So they they need like five years or whatever I reckon. Yeah. Before we see X Men.
3: Now this is an interesting one. Quentin Tarantino confirms that his Star Trek script is written. This mm-hmm. is going to be really interesting. So I'm not sure is this the first franchise movie that Quentin Tarantino has done? I mean, not from not counting his own franchises, obviously, but mm. he likes to work on his own original material.
2: Well, it's a story by Quentin Tarantino. Someone else has written the script, just right, to be okay. clear, yeah, yeah. But he is going to then offer notes. But he's a bit tied up in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. He's still finessing that film before its wider release off the back of Khan. And, and it will definitely be rated R. So, yeah. Could, otherwise, he wouldn't be involved. I don't... I think this is going to be a whole new story. I don't think it's going to be a sequel to Star Trek Beyond, which mm. was the last Star Trek outing in that in trilogy. That, um trilogy. Mm. But I think it is the first time he's been involved in a big property. Yeah. Like IP that's not his own. Mm. Yeah. Which I'm really... It's going to be interesting. ...interested. And I would... So I'd go so far as to say it's going to be standalone. It's not going to be part of anything wider. Mm. I don't think. Mm -hmm. What do you reckon?
3: No, I agree. I agree.
2: It it should live in its own one-off standalone film, I think.
3: But with this pairing, I'm I'm super curious. Mm. I'm I'm very curious.
2: Has Star Trek ever been dark before.
3: Yeah, it's gone a little bit darker in the recent
2: yeah. franchise. The recent but this is going to be violent. This is going to be Quentin that Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, I'm keen. I'd be interested to see which uh, characters he that they bring into this mm. film. Whether it be new ones or mm. is Spock going to be in it and Kirk, etc, etc. Yeah. So All we'll just have to watch this space.
3: All will be revealed soon enough. Mm. We had some good trailers dropping this week. Yeah, a few. Doctor Sleep, which... Mm looks really freaky it's based on the the shining and the stephen king novel starring ewan mcgregor and rebecca ferguson who was also in men in black we didn't mention that but rebecca ferguson's popping up bloody everywhere no she was a
2: wasted character in that yeah men in black anyway
3: so ewan plays the grown-up version of the little boy danny Mm. in the original shining who was jack nicholson's character's son
2: the trailer is fantastic Mm. i watched it like three or four times um, well, you
3: don't mess with the Stephen King property, do you?
2: No, no. You take it seriously. <laughs> well, I, I, a lot of film TV adaptions of his writing are hit and miss. Like, they, they are. There are some that are
1: mm.
2: so great, but then there are a few that you kind of forget about. Mm. I feel like th- this one just feels really authentic. Like, Mark Flanagan directing, and mm-hmm. I think writing, I'll have to check that. Haunting on Hill House was his latest outing in that Netflix series, which, mm-hmm. you know, everyone loved. I think that was fantastic. So I'm really keen to see his take in such an iconic horror thriller.
3: We also have Late Night, which is a bit of a fun movie starring Emma Thompson and Mindy Yeah, I'm
2: keen for this one. I love Emma Thompson, though.
3: It's coming out on July 25, so it's coming out pretty soon. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about a late night talk show host who is afraid she may be past her prime. So Emma Thompson plays the talk show host in a bit of a... I think she's a bit of a Meryl Streep and Devil Wears Prada character maybe not quite as harsh mm. a bit funnier um but I'm really happy about this pairing I think they really, really bounce off each other really well
2: yeah yeah for sure now the trailer that we've all been waiting for we were teased with the teaser <laughs> a few months ago Frozen 2 mm-hmm. fathers mothers and their kids hopping around YouTube this week I'm really excited and...
3: that we got a sequel to this one actually. yeah I'm not usually a fan of sequels but yeah, Elsa and Anna go searching for the truth about Elsa's powers. Um, and Evan Rachel Wood is playing a mystery character in this. What's, what's the theories? Do we have theories? Are we like, Should we talk about theories?
2: Uh, you have a theory. Do I? Yeah, don't you? <laughs> or maybe that was someone else I was talking
3: no, to. No, it's probably me. Probably me. I always have a theory. My theory is that... There's another relative who yeah.
2: controls it was it.
3: the elements of, you know, the autumn elements or wind and...
2: That would be cool. Earth and... and then Captain Planet gets summoned <laughs> and it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. There's a crossover movie we'll yep. be waiting for. Yeah. yeah, so Frozen 2. The thing that I have an issue with, mm. with films that we know are going to be musicals, mm. is that their trailers have no singing in them.
3: So you don't get a sense of what...
2: And I get that because they have a job ahead of them with the follow-up to Let, Let It Come, Go. Yeah. I've, the, probably not since The Lion King has there had to be a musical that's had to follow such an I- iconic music. Um, don't quote me there. I have had to kind of think <laughs> of one that popped into my head. But we all know and love The Lion King music and, you know, mm. you hum and sing that all the time. Let It Go has literally yep. taken over the globe. Moana. Oh yeah, Mariana, that's another one. Yeah, make way, make way. <laughs> oh, my niece is oh my gosh, I'm obsessed. Yeah, so I, I get a little bit disappointed. I want, I want to, I want to hear them sing.
3: But then they'll they won't. They risk oversaturating it, and people will be sick of the song by the time the movie comes out.
2: That is something I had not thought about and probably the reason why. Yes.
3: (laughs) I imagine that would be why. Yeah. Or maybe they're still working on it. Maybe they're still working on it. But
2: I mean, there there is a whole other business behind releasing singles and soundtracks. So Mm. to your point, yeah, that's probably why. Wow. Mm. That's actually enlightened me greatly.
3: (laughs) It's why I'm (laughs) here. (laughs) The
2: the business of film and music. You've answered it all.
3: It's why you keep me around (laughs) last week. (laughs) So what's coming up next week?
2: So a few movies. Um, this one I, I actually didn't realize it was next week and I kind of had a bit of a panic attack about it. Toy Story 4 <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not free to see it like in this instance yeah so I've got to wait like a few more days um toy story 4 will be here going up against secret life with pets 2 yep. so let's just put that in the dirt team that's not going to see the light of day no
3: oh, no i love secret life with pets too I'd that actually... was really
2: harsh i don't know why i said that that was wrong well i just think I'm that's me into the pets I'm, so, I'm thinking about the box office really yeah, yeah cynically
3: yeah it's a big it's a big head-to-head yeah showing on the other side, I was going to say it's a family week. It's a family week, but then we've got Child's Play. Yeah, <laughs>
2: it's
3: not so much a family film.
2: Well, they've done a great job. I'm not sure if we've mentioned this on the mm. podcast, but the film posters for Child's Play have been featuring in the corners, you know, Buzz and Woody
3: dead Toy Story dead, dead Toy Story oh, characters, duck. which I think
2: is brilliant. They're kind of owning the fact that yeah, we're going up against Toy Story for mm. Yeah, like we're a different kind of movie. So yeah, Woody's dead. Yeah, Buzz is dead. <laughs> Like this is a, yeah. It's dark marketing. It's dark, dark marketing, but it's working and and people are talking about it. It's very clever. Very good. Yeah. Secret Life for Pets 2 and Never Look Away is also out next week as well.
3: Yeah. So it's a packed week next week and it's not even school holidays yet.
2: It's not, but this is common wear.
3: As we're leading up to the end of the year, it's going to get even more jam-packed. As the movie season really comes into its oh, yeah. time, the year yeah, yeah. takes off and gets closer to Oscar season as well. We can't wait for Oscar season.
2: I'm rubbing my hands together.
3: I'm very musical today, it? <laughs> yeah, it's a
2: lot of jazz hands. I'm,
3: on the doing a, I'm doing a lot of jazz hands.
2: Jazz hands and tea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Well, that's an action-packed week. Men in Black, this week. It's out right now. Go Mm -hmm. and see it. I think it's a bit of fun. Tim was disappointed, but it still thinks it's fun.
2: It is, yeah. It's a bit of fun, disappointed. I'm keen to hear, we're we're both keen to hear what you think about this Mm -hmm. uh, film, as with them all. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you've seen uh, Dark Phoenix as well, let us know. right in the comments or Mm -hmm. flick us a message or whatever. Let us know what you thought really keen to hear but yeah go out and see toy story 4 this week which no doubt most of you will mm-hmm. and secret like the pets and and like that's Pets. pets. Too. that's
3: my, that's my <laughs> favorite are we gonna have a battle next week of the cartoon movies <laughs> i think
2: well yeah let's have a cartoon off
3: yeah excellent right.
2: pixar versus universal it's on next week
3: tim versus lee <laughs> <laughs> right. thanks for stopping by everyone
2: all right i'll catch you next time Bye. Bye.